Asalaamu Alaikum everyone, my name is Tahreem and you're listening to The Unspoken Truths About Mental Health. Uh, this is a podcast that we record for supporting humanity charities every month. Uh, and this year for 2023, we have decided to launch a series of podcasts related to men's mental health. So what I'd like you to do, what I'd like to do is first and foremost introduce you to uh, a new member on our podcast panel, Yusuf Ali. Um, Asalaamu Alaikum Yusuf. Waalaikum salam, how are you? I'm good, alhamdulillah. Um, Yusuf, do you want to give uh, the listeners a short introduction of yourself? Sure, sure. Um, so yes, I'm Yusuf. I'm a professionally trained uh, chef. Um, I run a social media page where I sort of try and convey different uh, entertaining videos, uh, you know, through the means of food. Um, and I'm also uh, a volunteer um, with the Scouts Association. And so I, I love doing a lot of youth work. I love working with the community and trying to uplift uh, our local uh, community. Alhamdulillah. Mashallah, that sounds amazing. Uh, also, in addition to Yusuf, who's going to be our ongoing panel member for the podcast uh, in the year, inshallah, uh, we've got uh, another very... Um, Interesting young chap joining us on today's podcast is Yasser Elasser. Assalamualaikum, uh, Yasser. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, my name is Yasser. I also um, help out with um, voluntary scouts with Yusuf. Although I'm not as interesting as him, mashallah, I work in the finance field. And alhamdulillah, I'm a proud new small business owner with a friend of mine. So yeah, that's, that's just me. <laughs> Amazing, mashallah. That sounds... Uh, really 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 interesting actually um and obviously you know that today's topic is all about men's mental health and um, the reason we've chosen to really cover that this year is because we've seen a drastic rise in the number of men particularly within the south asian community that are struggling with mental health related issues um what are your thoughts on that yusuf um, I mean, it's, it's such a big topic to to try and challenge, and there's so many different factors. I think um, it was interesting. I know it, maybe it's a bit controversial to, to mention, but I, I was reading a um, a while ago a psychological study that was done. It was actually done in the Middle East, but the study was repeated across in in, in Asia as well, um, where you know the styles of of parenting and and, and raising young people and how that impacts men's uh, mental health. Um, and quite often in, in the South Asian community, you know, with the um, with the way that, you know, our cultures are um, in terms of being quite a collectivist society. Uh, and now that we come over to the West um, and, you know, we've established ourselves here, um, which is a more independent sort of lifestyle, you see these two kind of lifestyles at conflict. Um, yeah. And I feel like as a community, we're kind of, you know, more culturally, uh, our heritage is more in being a collective and yet we're being told to, to live in a society where you're more independent. And I think that that's one of the biggest factors in my opinion that i've seen uh, that impacts people's mental health you know um yeah. yeah i don't know yeah i'm so glad you mentioned that because um i think that's the whole notion no, that's the notion that we as a charity within supporting are trying to overcome um and it's such a struggle for us just you know talking about men's mental health is one big leap into the future because even something as simple as talking about mental health in itself is such a huge taboo that it carries so much stigma. And I think with men, what I personally have felt and found, um, you know, having worked with colleagues that are men, particularly a colleague that belong to a South Asian community, and that the mental health related problems and the uh, lack of acceptance of something as um, something like depression or anxiety or something even as something as simple as 
we call, I call it simple, but so many South Asian men have like some form of obsessive compulsive disorder mm-hmm. where they want something in a certain way. And yet they cannot, you know, come to terms with admitting that because there's so much stigma attached to saying, hey, you know what, I've got OCD or I've got um, bipolar or I may be ADHD even. Um, and I don't even think that the stigma is associated with the wider community. I think if there's a stigma which is built within us, you know, that self-stigma. Mm. Yeah. No, so, ab- yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so how do you feel about what I'm saying, that stigma attached to... I, I totally agree with you. Um, and this is a thing where I, I see it within my community and, and even, as you know, we, we're told, you know, we're men. And that also has an effect, right? Um, you know, you don't want to seem, and quote unquote, weak, right? Um, yeah. By admitting you have anything. And then another thing is just ignorance, right? A lot of us, we don't have the knowledge. We're not very yeah. knowledgeable on, on anything to do with mental health. So for mm. for us, we just see it as something strange or something weird. And we're just told to firm it and move on, right? So that's where I can see a downfall. And I, you see the downfall happening in the community. Do you think it's, um, it's the fact that we are uneducated on it? Because I feel like now, particularly your generation and my generation, the current generation of South Asian men and women, we're very self-aware um, to, to a lot of degree. Like, you know, we're changing the way we eat, the way we sleep, you know, our social circles, the way we're kind of um, moving forward with life. Um, but at the same time, I, do you think it's more the, um, the cultural stigma than the lack of education? Yeah, um, it would be the cultural stigma, right? It would be the cultural stigma because um, if I say, if I speak for myself and I recognize it, if I Mm -hmm. speak to say someone like my father or mother who don't understand it, then Mm -hmm. it might put me in a, in a corner, right? And it might make you feel outside the community. So it depends on how how your parents or how your family see it, how your community see it. And I feel like still speaking from experience, um, the community is still quite unaware. Yeah, I think I think um, it was it was interesting actually because I I think it's a cultural issue, not only culture in terms of country of origin, but culture in terms of time as well. Um, mm. One thing I think which which really contributes like negatively to mental health is just how much information we receive nowadays. You know, if you go back a hundred years, even um, <laughs> life began and ended in your local area, right? Like you yeah. just heard the news <laughs> from your local village down. Um, if you were getting married, for example, you only knew about marriage from your friends and family that were near you. Whereas mm-hmm. now you have a hundred thousand opinions shoved down your throat every single day, mm-hmm. whether you're on social media or not, on billboards, on TV, etc. So, I remember before I was getting married, for example, like I, I would see so many different opinions. Some people saying marriage is awful; it's going to make you do this. Marriage is great; it's going to make you like this. And I'm thinking, what on earth do I believe? Like, there's so many different like you know uh, ideas <laughs> out there on on how to live your life, and you can't even take a step forward without you know if you're you know i'm 25 and some people will say online oh my gosh that's so young you've got so much time you can do so many things and then some people will be like oh my god your life's over you should be successful and rich at 23 you know and and it's like if we were back in the days of our like parents and their parents generation our life would just be experienced firsthand by us whereas now we're already living our life a million times over by all the information that we receive from people right so it's also a a cultural understanding Mm. of of time as well as as, you know cultural background in terms of country and there's so much pressure there's so much pressure i feel like there's so much pressure on men nowadays um in comparison to uh, you know back in the days when it was our dads or our granddads 
um, that pressure. What, what do you think causes that pressure? I mean, you know, all of these topics we're discussing quite briefly here, but we are going to go delve further into them, you know, and focus on them as we progress into the other episodes uh, moving forward. But I'd be really keen to kind of um, hear your viewpoint on what you think has changed in the last, I don't know, wait, say, for five decades that has meant that the men of today are under a lot more pressure than our forefathers were. I, I think I think Yasser will be able to uh, answer this well as well from his, because uh, he works in a, in a corporate field. So there's obviously yeah. a different ball game there. But from my perspective as well, I, I think, you, you go back four decades, uh, a man's definition of a man was set one way perhaps, and the cost of living or the ability to sustain said life, which makes you a quote unquote man, was a mm. lot more easier than it is today. And so it's like the definition of what uh, being a man is, if it's still upheld by our you know previous generations, yet actually doing that physically in, in today's day and age is becoming uh, cost-wise and, and uh, both uh, both economically and socially and, and just in terms of life the way it is, it's becoming more difficult than you're basically saying, we expect the same things, but we're making it harder for you. Uh, and I think that ultimately will pile a lot of pressure yeah. on and, and lead to negative <laughs> negative kind of consequences. What do you think, uh, Yato? Um, it's, actually, it's actually a very interesting point because I feel like um, it's the statement is all very relative. Um, if you're, for me, I'm a first generation here in the UK. So my father's um, definition of a man was more like survivability, right? He came mm -hmm. to the UK in 89, um, in 1989. And it was more about, you know, getting his um, feet grounded, getting a job, having a place to stay. And then, um, and then it was just a very different experience. How I, alhamdulillah, have grown up in a more comfortable position than he would have been in, right? So... The yeah. struggles and the pressures that I go through, he wouldn't have gone through because he didn't have the luxury or that peace to go through it, if you get what I'm trying to say. So it's a thing where, like, and Yusuf mentioned, I work in the corporate field where there are not many Muslims. So the pressures I'm feeling mm -hmm. and the stuff I'm going through as a Muslim man is something 20, 30 years ago, there was very little Muslims in that space. So yeah. I, I, I would say it's actually, I feel like in terms of like pressure, my father or the men of those decades would have gone through similar stuff that we did they just weren't mm. aware of it yeah. and it was just very different right because it was more being always on their toes being always you know i need to do this i need to survive i need to move on and i'm speaking for by the way the the, the people that kind of immigrated to the uk yeah. um and i know some people their parents have been here for a while so it's very different um but yeah that's that's just the way i see it from my experiences it's, it's very interesting it's a very interesting question yeah, I mean, I think it all, I think touching on that point a little bit more, um, it does depend on the conditioning of how you're raised, right? So if you're raised yeah. in a house where the men are more talkative, they're a bit more, you know, in touch with conversation and they're expressive, then naturally the, the, the boys that they raise tend to follow that suit. But whereas if you're raised in a very masculine uh, or um, old school masculine um, norm environment where, you know, the man has to kind of be tough, he can't cry, he can't express, he can't, you know, he has to kind of carry the weight of the whole world and the whole family on his shoulders, uh, you know, till, yeah. till, till the end, then mm. kind of raise that kind of a man. But interestingly, the research that I was doing, and, you know, maybe you guys can kind of maybe put your um, valuable input onto it as well, being men. But I think that also far what I have read is I've come to kind of find that the men's mental health deterioration has started in the noughties. Um, noughties, like early 2000s, 
Mm. And it's kind of gotten worse and escalated. And I was having a look at, you know, economic, um, you know, the economy in the UK uh, as the men's as men's mental health has progressed and gotten worse. Um, and I felt like there's a massive correlation between, um, like, as you were saying, uh, yes, the cost of living, the responsibilities that are now increasing on men as breadwinners. Uh, and that is also questionable and debatable now because you can't just have one breadwinner in a typical, you know, family home in the UK to kind of live a good standard of live, have a good standard of living. Um, but something that I came across was that although twice as women suffer from mental health related problems and twice uh, in more than, um, sorry, I'm trying to say is that out of those women, men, those half, half the men that are suffering, like, you know, in terms of ratios, mm-hmm. are committing suicide more than oh, as a... Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is where it really, really concerns me, you know? Men between the ages of 40 to 49 have the highest suicide rate in the UK. Um, and there are three times as many men as women who die through suicide due to mental health-related problems. However, if we look at the statistical figures and the percentage is twice as many women who actually suffer from mental health related problems which really kind of made me question uh, which is why I wanted to kind of open this can of worms up because why is it that men resort to that uh, you know women don't do it is, is yeah. it because um, I don't know is it some sort of emotional uh, issues is it the fear of death or is it that they just can't handle it and women have women can handle more but yet still be more depressed uh, i don't I know you know i just i'm still I, I struggle to understand the reasons and i've read some of the reasons online but you know the social expectations and stuff but honestly i just couldn't get my head around it what do you guys think about what i'm trying what you know what i've found Hmm. That's a that's a that's a really heavy one to be honest, and and it's it's mm. uh it's it's quite a crazy statistic when you think about it. But, um, you know, I I think a lot of it is down to um the sort of systems that we have in place between the two genders in the sense of um you know with uh women stereotypically and historically I suppose being more encouraged to 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 vent to talk about things and and to discuss it and and like you know like we've been discussing that cultural and that kind of typical um nature attributed to men of just you know get on with it and kind of keep moving on and keep providing right um mm. and, and i suppose if if you internalize that and if you don't think critically about your uh nature as a man or as a woman for example if if you if as a man you internalize that you then basically start attributing your self-worth to what you can do rather than who you are intrinsically mm. Mm. so if yeah if you then as a man feel like okay i've done all i can do and it's not enough like you know whoever uh, i'm lonely you know perhaps i don't have someone around me or i keep working hard and i'm not making enough money then therefore my value uh, not only as a man but as a human being has lost its purpose and i feel like if you i feel like if you internalize those kind of thoughts and that way of thinking that can definitely lead to more like negative consequences because ultimately you know you start viewing yourself like a commodity right like i don't have any intrinsic value and what's the point you know and, and that's that's ultimately a really sad way that like society has sort of taken that way of thinking you know yeah and it's so heartbreaking because that's the one thing that i really want to kind of tap into and change and i'm I'm really hoping that through this podcast and i'm sure there's a hundred and one alike um that we can kind of get men on board and get them thinking get them talking mm. and kind of have that ripple effect whereby uh 
conversation is growing and you know mm. it's about their mental health it's about uh, knowing that they have access to psychological therapies um it's about them becoming so more self of their inner um you know issues or traumas that they may have and you know sometimes and so often it's, it's such it's, we, 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 we i think i feel like we don't take it seriously enough when it comes to men men's mental health we uh, kind of put it down to you know some simple stuff like oh, i wasn't able to provide for his family you know mm. something but it's not i don't think it's that i think it's much deeper than that it's much deeper rooted um in the, especially in the band community within our within the male um you know uh gender than just something as simple as not being able to mm. be the breadwinner you know, there, were, there was something interesting actually segway segwaying of um yusuf's point um there was mm. i remember just seeing a trend on um i think it was on tiktok or twitter where it was just mm. men posting ah oh, how women were surprised that they don't speak to anyone about anything because they don't think anyone cares. Um, yeah. I don't know if Yusuf can uh, relate to that because I remember it was just going all over TikTok, just a bunch of men posting, oh, why would I talk about how I'm feeling because no one actually cares and we just have to, you know, firm it and keep moving on because we're men. Mm. And it was, it's, it's having that mentality where sometimes it might work, but sometimes it might bottle up, right? And mm. it's always good to talk. Um, and having someone, at least one person, where you could vent to, talk to, you know, just about anything. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't actually have that. And I, a, a lot of it from from what I've seen is our men, because they yeah. feel like, you know, they just have to be a man and they have to move on. But then you ask the question, what is it being a man, right? And that opens another can of worms. But <laughs> yeah, it's just a, it's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah. It, um, me being a teacher, I'm, I, I mean, I teach... Um, in a mixed school, um, I always have done throughout my career as a teacher, and I teach GCSE, initially started off at GCSE, and now I teach A-levels, and I see the pressure that my males, you know, they are a completely different cup of tea when they are going through deadlines or they've got coursework to submit, like, you can see the pressure on them, where the girls are so much, you know, they're so different in the way they handle their stresses, because they're constantly whinging, they're moaning to me, they come into my <laughs> lesson and they're like, Miss, you gave us the deadline for next week, what's that all about? No, no, I'm like, listen, this is how it works. The boys don't say anything, you know, they'll come in and they'll they'll grunt a little bit here and there, but they tend to just get on with it because they know, you know, Miss is not going to change it, but the girls, they try it, you know, they try and... Um, use their feminine charm to get <laughs> extensions or they'll have an excuse about you know some female related issue that they're going through um which which i recently felt like uh colorated really well with uh, the statistics that girls perform better in education than boys because girls are talking they're voicing what they're feeling all the time Whereas mm. the boys are not, you know, even when you're outside yeah. and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, because I see it in my son. Uh, he's, you know, he's going to be a teen soon. Um, I just feel like I, I just feel like he doesn't talk enough, you know, about anything, really, other than mm. food. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, th I think, you know, um, it is, again, it all, it all goes down to how, you know, what, what you sort of model afterwards. And again, I, I think a lot of it, I, re I really do think a lot of it is down to the media that we consume. Media, not just being social media, but like the external sources and, and TV and, and, and other, you know, sort of things. 
when when you see uh, an actor um, in a film or your favorite TV show, for example, behaving a certain way in classic films, etc., um, it's going to, you know, you're going to internalize it and, and that's, that's, that's going to be typical. And, you know, it's often a cycle where I remember when I was in, you know, growing, growing up in school, I had that, um, you know, seeing the general, you know, male population in my school, trying to assimilate and, and being like them. And then it was only when I got into like, you know, sort of like later years of secondary school, sixth form, where I started making a more of a, a niche sort of set of friends that mm. I felt comfortable enough to discuss these kind of things. And then you sort of branch out from your own character. But you do find as 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 you know kids are younger that they just try they're trying desperately to please each other and to kind of like you know uh, fit into a, a bigger crowd because they haven't really found that individuality yet. and so often that will just group into the last thing they've seen on tv or the last trend mm. that they've seen on social media for example and then that, that's quite common you know um, regardless of whether that was today or 100 years ago i think that's that's actually going to be a very common thing amongst children is that they'll always just try and be like everyone else yeah do you, but do you think kids uh, young boys um, find it shameful to talk about their feelings? Do you think they are? I think, I think it's becoming easier nowadays. Actually, I think it's, I think it's, I'm seeing it more that it's becoming more encouraged. I think definitely, like you know, the previous generation, the generation before that. I'm, I'm ten years older than my uh, younger brother. Um, I think so are you, Yasser, as well. I think our brother's the same age. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, so we have a ten year gap between both of our younger brothers, and and you know, just seeing the way that the young people are around them and how they're going through through life it's it's harder and it's easier in the sense of like you know they're they, they have more they just have more of everything you know like everything's so much more accessible than it was for us and, and so they have access to a wide variety of different views which can be negative or positive again it, it it's, it's sort of like a luxury in a weird sense that it, it depends on where you go to school and where you sort of you know what kind of community you're around etc that, that, that sort of thing yeah oh, i was a bit like I, you're going yeah so go on um, just you know, just jumping on on the point, uh, and and what you said before actually is is talking about your feelings, especially you know as as a young boy growing up, is seen as weak. I'll be very honest. It's seen, mm. and I remember this is how it was um, in high school for me. And um, it's just why would you talk about? It? You don't need to talk about it. Just firm it and move on. Like you're a man, and yeah. that's literally <laughs> yeah. what you'd say. And and yeah, it's just it's seen as a sign of weakness. I don't know, but I wouldn't know about now. Um, but. Yeah, this is this just how it's seen, um, or it was seen. Well, ironically, um, some research was done on employers uh, and employees, and they found that the younger employees tend to suffer more from mental health-related problems, particularly within the male gender, in an organisation than the employees mm. that were a lot old, that are a lot older. Okay. You know, I... you know, gone. That's very interesting, actually, because when yeah. I speak to, so I, I work, um, like I said, in the finance field and mm. um, employees that were there before the financial crash in 2008 have very different experiences to mm. how it was after. And when they speak to me about, like, for example, 12 hour shifts were a norm. And even yeah. before COVID, going in five days a week, that yeah. to me is, is I, I don't know how they did it. <laughs> um, I really don't know how they did it and and now for example like alhamdulillah um, because the way there's regulations and the way society is viewed work will treat you very differently to how they did before um, yeah. and and that would be even like re religiosity like I can say oh I need to pray no one's going to tell mm. me anything alhamdulillah mm -hmm. maybe five six seven ten years ago it'll be very different and and you just had to yeah. like they, they grew up in an environment where it was it was a, a dog-eat-dog dog world, especially in, like, corporate. Mm. Um, now it isn't like that. So mm. if someone were to tell me to do what they were doing a long time ago, which was the norm then, 
I'd probably struggle yeah. and, and go through something. Um, but now, alhamdulillah, we're, we're much more relaxed. So any if there's any given pressure, if I have to stay up stay till 6pm plus, I'll go like, oh my God, and start complaining. But this for them yeah. is very normal. So it's, it's about yeah. what's the norm in society now. And then yeah. for us, it's much easier than it was in the corporate space a, a while ago. So that's why I, I believe there's there's difference because the moment you're strained and you're put in with more pressure or your manager speaks to you in a certain way, which isn't the norm, yeah. you'll start to think of it in, in, in a negative way. That's actually, then, uh, that's actually really true, actually, um, because I, I remember when I first, I was, I think, 19 going on 20 or maybe like 21 or 21 when I first uh, worked in a professional kitchen. Um, and I remember my, my sous chef was, was a black woman and uh, she was like, um, you know, well established in her career. I remember having this conversation with her and asking her how it was for her. And she was saying, you know, there was physical abuse, racial abuse when she was going through wow. the system, you know, training in France, training in England. Yeah. Um, it was very, very tough. And even my the head chef, who, who was an Englishman, he was saying, look, uh, you know, there was there was a lot of physical, um, you know, and, and verbal abuse. And, and now if you look at a kitchen and I, I, was, I was talking to some because uh, I went to culinary school. So I was talking to some. Uh, culinary students when we were in the lockdown and some of them were a bit, were a bit worried about you know and um, by the way obviously this is a bit of a niche role but this applies to pretty much every you know uh, high yeah. fast-paced career um, but um, uh, you know they were a bit worried about you know what does the lockdown mean for our roles and you know the restaurants are closing and I said look your life is getting easier you don't have to now, now if you look at like people that are you look at social media and stuff like that you don't people don't have to go to these long lengths to train to become professional chefs now like there's so many modern solutions cloud kitchens and and street food carts and and you know pop-ups that are you know creating such a, a stronger healthier environment you're seeing the closure of these and, and and a lot of like classical restaurants and classical industries and classical methods of doing things are really struggling and crashing now because of how toxic mm. they were and how straining they were onto um onto you know mental health and, and it's becoming things are becoming easy things you know <clears throat> people always compare uh, things of the past and say, oh, the past, the, you know, before they had it easier when the, you know, you guys have it calmer now. I think things are always going to be easier and more difficult depending on, on, mm. on the time that you're in. Uh, things just mm. change. The, what, what looks like difficulty changes. Like Yasser said, I, when I started this role that I'm in now um, with the scouts, um, I walked in and before I could even ask, um, you know, for the keys to the, to the prayer room to, to pray Zohar, uh, the keys yeah. were handed to me. <laughs> yeah, the keys were handed to me. Yeah. And I said, that, that would never happen, you know, yeah. several years ago. At the same time, there are more challenges. For example, now we're in <clears throat> now we're in a time where um, it's so hard to um, you know uh, you know back in the day there were only a few selects you know job titles and it was very easy. And nowadays you've got new job titles popping up left, right, and center. And so there's yeah. always going to be that anxiety and stress of I'm doing like the job role that I'm in, for example, was is, is a new job. I'm the first person, um, you know, one of the first people that have this role. So you don't have anyone to look back before you. It's not like you're, yeah. uh, it's not like, it's, it's, you know, there's obviously still jobs like that, such as, you know, being a doctor or a nurse where you've had, you know, centuries of people doing it before you. Nowadays, the job market, even within the NHS, for example, is so diverse that a lot of young people that are coming in will obviously be stressed and, and think, you know, am I doing the right thing? You know, it's the first time I'm doing it. There's, there's not as many mentors. Things are changing rapidly. The, you know, with, with COVID, et cetera, you know, these things change a lot. And so, yeah, you know, like, 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 like I was saying, you know, to summarize it, it's, it's, it's all, things are still hard. Things are getting easier. It just depends on the time. And then, you know, as things change and so does the difficulties and, and the ease as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I'm really glad that you kind of summarised that so nicely, um, because that's what, exactly what we're going to do in the next few sessions and the next few podcasts that we record. We're going to really um, home in on um, specific topics. So, you know, we're going to, I want to have a look at and have a conversation with, you know, the trauma and associated with childhood and your conditioning as young men who then grow up to either be accepting or unaccepting of mental health. Um, I really want this conversation to keep flowing and I want to get more people uh, coming in and talking mm. about it and their own yeah, absolutely. experiences uh, because I feel like, you know, the talking is definitely going to take us forward because, you know, it's really a significant increase in the suicide rates within the MILF um, demographic, you know, has increased between uh, from 12.9% to, uh, in comparison to what half of it was, it was half of that in 2020, I think. Wow. Well, I recall. So it's it's literally doubled. And you know, as a charity ourselves, we ha- we get calls on a regular basis on the emotional support line whereby we are dealing with people that are feeling suicidal. Um and you know, we have dealt with those kind of cases. Um and it it's really heartbreaking because that's the last thing we want to do. We wanna have this conversation, we wanna destigmatize mental health. And we want to destigmatize it in particular for those that need it most. And I feel like at this moment in time, with the rapid rate of uh, mental health related issues growing within the male, um, you know, within within men, uh, is something that really needs to be discussed. And that kind of worms needs to be mm. opened. And all the unspoken taboos associated with men's mental health uh, need to be let out because, um, you know, it's just time we spoke because we the next generation of men uh, I'm not sure if they're going to be strong enough to survive that you know <laughs> like I look at my son and I just think oh god what's going to happen to you <laughs> so um yeah so I, I but I think it's been interesting um do you guys want to do you have anything else you'd like to add to this no I'm just uh, I'm very much looking forward to the next few discussions I think it'd be nice we, we'll, we'll bring some more people in some more, more of our friends etc and you know people that can talk about you know mental health from different perspectives and different fields and yeah i think there's, there's a lot there's a lot that we can go into um so yeah looking forward to it honestly honestly it was very interesting like um just speaking and listening to to what you guys are saying it's really opened my mind up as well and um, to things i didn't even realize or consider so i do i am looking forward to the future episodes and and what you know supporting humanity does and with this and i'm very excited for it Thank you so much, Yasser. And I really hope that you can join us um, in our future podcast too, because I think your contribution could make a significant difference. Um, So we're going to wrap up for today's episode. As I said earlier, when I initially introduced the show, uh, the episode that we are just... Uh, We're planning to do a series of mental health related episodes uh, specifically for men. We want to talk about schooling, education. We want to talk about mental health at work. We want to talk about mental health in relationships. We want to discuss things like why are men not Mm. getting married till much later in life nowadays Mm. in comparison to, you know, initially. Um, And everything that is, you know, cut and parcel of, men and mental health um so we'll be back next month in february inshallah uh for now thank you very much for listening i hope you enjoyed listening to this episode it's goodbye for me that's terry from supporting humanity and guys say your goodbyes (laughs) take care guys inshallah okay take care